folding pocket. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to The Fast and the Curious and welcome to the mad world of Formula One where we all dropped everything because we heard that one of our co-hosts, Oscar Piastri, was up for a chat so we just bundled into the nearest quiet room, recorded on whatever device we had so that explains some of the slightly shonky audio quality but the content is still great. Enjoy! The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Hello and welcome to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover. At me, Christian Hugill. And me, Greg James, the team principal. But less about us and it's a very, very warm welcome back to one of our favourite co-hosts. It's Oscar Piastri. Oscar. Hello. Thanks for having me back. If you are new to this podcast, welcome along. We have drivers like Oscar co-hosting all the time. And if you want to listen to Oscar co-hosting for the first time, it was episode three of The Fast and the Curious. At that point, Oscar, you had not driven a Formula One race yet. You were about to make your debut for McLaren. You've now driven three. And the big news is, Oscar, you scored your first ever Formula One points at your home Grand Prix, the Australian Grand Prix. How did that feel? Yeah, it was uh, exciting to do it at home. It was a, a crazy race. Anyone who hasn't watched it, it's uh, it's quite a long watch, but uh, <laughs> it was just a, a very cool experience the whole weekend. No, nice to, to be on the good end and get, get myself in the points and Lando as well. When we talked last time on the podcast, Oscar, you were very excited about racing essentially in your back garden where you grew up how did it feel to go back there with the buzz of a grand prix and all your friends and family asking for guest list and the whole city talking about the grand prix and talking about you what would, what would take take us to melbourne yeah it was uh very very busy i got there on friday the the week before the race and i think the media commitment started from from tuesday it turned from a, a four-day weekend into pretty much a week um got to see a bit of friends and family which was nice i think that was the first time you know that much of my family's ever watched me race so um yeah stayed around the corner from my parents um for the week so no it was a very cool weekend i definitely needed a good night's sleep after the race but uh no it was it was exciting did you not go back to like your family home or like i don't know i can imagine like be nice to just sit in your kitchen have your mum make you a bit of dinner do you not do any of that no I, I did some of that before the the weekend started a bit of mum's home cooking as well so I did I sort of did that before the the weekend started uh and then once the weekend started got myself into 
business mode for the week. Did you manage to get your guest list sorted? Did you manage to get everybody in that you wanted to get in? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much left that to my manager, Mark and Anne, <laughs> to sort that for me because obviously I've got an important job of driving the car to do. But no, I think everyone got their tickets. I quickly saw them uh, at some point during the weekend, but uh, the rest of the time I was was working on trying to drive faster. I'm just curious because uh, you're fast. I'm curious. Didn't even mean to do that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) When we had our first chat, we were in a random hotel room in North London and you, we could see this sort of wonder and excitement in your eyes. Now you've done three races. Does that chat feel a lifetime ago? I mean, it's it's not like you're deep into your F1 career. You're three races in, but at the same time, that must feel like, ages ago it does feel like it's a while ago actually yeah i think you know there's been a lot that's gone on since the last time i spoke to you guys and obviously uh we were in bahrain for for a few weeks with testing and then the first race off to saudi arabia um and then off to melbourne so it's been a, a very busy uh couple of months since we last spoke that's for sure um but yeah i feel like i'm settling in well i feel like i'm uh learning all the time and yeah, just enjoying being an F1 driver, so it's cool. Does it feel as good as you hoped? Is it harder? Is it better? Has it lived up to expectations, exceeded them? Uh, it's been cool, definitely. I think, you know, for me, just going back racing is the thing I was missing so much last year. And, you know, it's difficult sometimes to appreciate what you're doing because, you know, you're working 24-7. There's, there's a lot going on and... Obviously, it's a competitive environment, so you get focused on trying to do better and better and, in my case, learn as much as I can at the same time. Yeah, it, it happens very quickly, and sometimes you've got to take a step back and appreciate what you're doing. But, you know, for me, I'm doing my dream job, um, you know, driving F1 cars for a living. It's, it's, <laughs> Could be a lot worse. <laughs> no, it's been it's been good. I've been enjoying it. Um, and, yeah, nice to, to get my first points as well. It was a, a good boost. I saw something over the weekend that was easily my favourite bit of F1 content over the weekend. Your granny made lamington for everyone at McLaren. Now, a few things here. Number one, obsessed that your granny made the team a snack. Like, what a woman. B, what's lamington? (laughs) Were you a bit like... Granny, thanks, but they'll be fine. Like, just t- tell me everything about that. I'm obsessed with that. It's like my grandma's specialty, I guess, if you want to call it that. So she made lamingtons, which are like almost kind of like a sponge cake, I want to say, with chocolate Ooh. on the outside and coconut. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's very nice. But also she makes, um, they're, they're called rumbles. They're her true classic, um, which I always get boxes of when I come home. So they're like crushed up biscuits with condensed milk cocoa powder and and rolled in coconut they're the real ogs the lamingtons are just the stereotypical australian treat um but no she made the box for me and made however many she made for the team as well she she would have made that regardless of who they were going to so uh did lando have any no i offered him some but he said he'd put him overweight Declined on all of them, so uh, no, I wasn't very impressed with him on that. But uh, did you eat them? Of course, I had a couple. Yeah, you can't say yeah. no, no. And I've I've got a bit of margin to the weight limit, so I'm I'm all good. Yeah, we've obviously talked a lot about Melbourne. We've talked about your gran. We we haven't talked at all about the race, really. <laughs> so one of the one of the most chaotic 
Grand Prix we've seen for a long time. It must have been quite stressful just trying to avoid all the drama. What was it like from your point of view? Yeah, it was certainly dramatic and, and chaotic. I think they're two very good words to describe the race. I think from my side, the, the first lap was pretty good. I think I made up a few spots and um, yeah, then after that I got stuck behind Sonoda for quite a long time, which was a bit frustrating. Um, but yeah, then after that it was a pretty boring race for sort of 15, 20 laps. I think I had uh, Ocon like 10 seconds in front of me and whoever was behind, I think it was Magnussen in the end, like 11 seconds behind. So I was kind of in a race on my own for ages. Then all sorts of chaos unfolded in that uh, few corners and I think I ended up seventh out of all the, the crashes and stuff. And then obviously with the red flag rules, it gets reset back to um, the the last lap or something along those lines and <laughs> did the, the safety car lap. But yeah, it was actually quite a boring race for me in the, the middle of it and then bookended by uh, chaos. But you kept your nose clean. And that's such an important thing to do as a rookie in races like that. Keep your nose clean and get to the finish and you'll be rewarded. And that's exactly what you did. Exactly. And I think the, the first two races... Like for me, Bahrain had an electrical issue after 10 laps or 15 laps, whatever it was. Saudi, a uh, bit of contact and the front wing came off. So like that was the first proper race I'd had that nothing had gone wrong, really. So uh, it was nice to be on the good end of things this time. Maybe not the most stylish way to get your first points, but um, no, we were there when it mattered and, and kept our nose clean, like you said. So nice to to get some points on the board regardless of how they came about it doesn't matter how you get the points oscar you got the points that is the most important thing after the race obviously it was ridiculously chaotic did any of the drivers speak to each other and if so what what was everybody saying and did that whatsapp group pop off that we know you've got (laughs) um I, i spoke to a couple of people after the race after two hours or two and a half hours i think most people are still you know just we all have to go do our media interviews after the race so um yeah there wasn't that much discussion about uh you know meaningful discussion about the race and and what had happened um between us but there was a few messages in the whatsapp group chat yes (laughs) yeah it was a bit busy after that but maybe some things um were a bit surprising like a couple of the, the red flags were a bit of a surprise for myself and i think a few others but um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it with the FIA and, and whatever else about the you know why why the decisions were made uh, at the next race. So um, I'm sure there'll be a lot to discuss. Come on, tell us what if any memes were shared in that WhatsApp group. That's what I wanted to know. No, there's no memes. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty serious chat. I would say like to try and make the sport better and um, you know discuss our opinions and stuff like that um or in some cases find out who's flying where and who can hitch a ride somewhere but <laughs> no it was was all pretty serious you know what maybe can be done differently uh in the future and not not fernando asking if uh, if your nan's got any more lamingtons spare at the end of the race no there was there was no comments about my lamingtons no. oscar can you post the recipe in the whatsapp group <laughs> i didn't know Greg, fernando not italian. was italian yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. oh dear oh Always like a Greg James F1 impression. Um, Oscar, one of my favourite moments of your first appearance on this podcast was you talking about being an Australian Grand Prix grid kid. And bless you, not being able to meet the driver who you were next to, Danny Kvyat, because I think he broke down on the way to the grid or something. You had a grid kid this time round. You 
didn't break down all the way around, thank goodness. Did you get to meet your grid kid? I did get to meet my grid kid, yes. And his name was also Oscar. Hey. Was, you know, a cool experience. And for me, obviously, doing it not that long ago, although it was a while ago now, eight years ago. Yeah, it was cool to see them there. I hope all of the grid kids enjoyed it, I hope. So, uh, no, it was nice. It's absolutely phenomenal that it was only eight years ago that you were a grid kid. So basically, Oscar, that could be someone that you end up racing with in a few years' time. That's quite mad, isn't it? It is, yeah. I hope I hope it is. I mean, there's another Australian on the grid, which would be, which would be nice. You know, it's a, it's a really cool initiative for, um, you know, all the kids to see F1 drivers up close and be on the grid. And, you know, I'm sure at the time they probably don't appreciate how cool it is. I know I certainly didn't when I was a grid kid. Did you not? You didn't realise? I'd be beside myself if I was doing that. <laughs> it was cool um, to be there and stuff, but... I, I don't think I quite realised, you know, how one how difficult it is to get a pass to get onto the grid, and yeah, that you know it'd be really the, the only time before I, I eventually raced in F one that I, I'd be on the grid myself. So it was cool meeting or the or seeing standing next to the F one drivers at the time, definitely. But um, maybe didn't quite appreciate it as much as I do now with hindsight because I know how difficult it is to get into that position. I've got this image, Greg, of you being there now, being a little grid kid, but like stood there at the age of however old you are, surrounded by all these kids being like, oh my God. <laughs> Maybe, Oscar, we can make Greg James your grid kid for one of the Grand Prix. That could work. I- I'd be like Elf, like Will Ferrell's Elf, I imagine. That's, that's, what, that's what I'd be like. <laughs> oh my God, it's Lewis Hamilton! <laughs> In a strange way, is it quite nice that you've kind of got your first home race out of the way now? Like it's it's kind of done because I imagine that might have been sort of in the back of your mind a little bit. I mean, it was a cool weekend, definitely a cool week. Also very busy though. And I think, you know, it was really, really nice to have the home support, have a home crowd and, uh, you know, it's an honour to have a home race because not everyone on the grid gets one. Logan Sargent gets three, but we'll we'll digress. Greedy, uh, greedy <laughs> Logan. But no, it, it's it's a cool experience. Of course, you know, having it so early in my career and so early in the season is uh, tricky in some ways because you know, obviously, I'm I'm trying to learn as much as I can with the team and and be fully focused on that. But you only get to make your debut your home race once, and obviously. You know, a lot of people have, uh, you know, taken the time, spent the money to be at the race. And, um, you know, I think it's important to show your appreciation for everyone that's there. And, yeah, in in some ways, I'm, uh, yeah, it was nice to have the chaos out of the way uh, and, and have a maybe a bit of a quieter race next time. But, um, no, I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to going back next year already. Why don't we do some questions? But I think you need to sing your McLaren news thing here, Christian, please. Oh, no. In front of uh, Oscar. <laughs> Oscar, we do a little regular feature on this podcast that's becoming surprisingly popular. Someone in your lovely team uh, likes to give us updates on all things McLaren, and we bring our listeners those updates. And it's become a regular feature we like to call McLaren News. And I, I like to sing the jingle to McLaren News as it's a regular feature. Oscar, would you like to hear it? Uh, sure. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> That's a solid no. No, no, he doesn't. No, he's, he's been very clearly said he wants to hear it. No? Right. Here we go. See what you think to this, Oscar. <clears throat> McLaren News with Oscar Piastri. Oscar, what did you think? You could be a news anchor tomorrow, I reckon. There we go. Thank you, Oscar. Did he, did he call you a wanker? <laughs> 
No. <laughs> anchor. He said news. Oh, sorry. Anchor. <laughs> the line broke up. Yeah, sorry. right. Of course it did. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'd like to do some breaking news lines while we've got you here, Oscar. Um, and we're going to do that in the form of getting some listener questions because I like to try and answer as many of them as I can. But obviously, I've never driven an F1 car and never will. My talent is more in singing jingles, as we've just heard. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I get a lot more support from Oscar than I do from my so, so-called teammate. But anyway, um, starting... And this is a very technical question, Oscar, so bear with us if you lose it. Gweno and Rosanna both separately messaged us to ask, what do the drivers do if they need a wee during the race? It's the high-quality stuff yep. we go for on this podcast. Um, So in the case of Melbourne, you uh, wait for a red flag and then go to the toilet <laughs> then. <laughs> wait for the inevitable red flag. There'll be one along soon. Exactly. Um, but... Normally, yeah, one, either you hold it in for the race or two, yeah, you you go in your race suit. Um, you obviously can't pull over and just go to the toilet in the middle of the race. So I have personally never done it. I know a couple of people that have. Oh, go on. Give us a name. No, there's no, no one on the F1 grid that I know of. But yeah, if you have to go... You have to go, unfortunately. It's quite normal in sport, though, isn't it? Like, cyclists do it all the time. They always just go for a wee in their race suit. Yeah. You've kind of just got to do it. Yeah. I think it has happened in F1. Christian does it all the time when he goes to his spinning classes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God's dear. sake. Oscar, that's a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's some McLaren news that drivers sometimes, if you've got to go, you've got to go. That's, that's news. Um, we've had loads of people ask this one about how you guys deal with jet lag from country to country is there a particular way that you choose to tackle it i mean getting to the race a few days earlier probably helps um especially in the case like melbourne where it's you know an extreme time difference um trying to get yourself onto like that location's time zone as quick as possible is the easiest way and you know, yeah sure taking in sunlight when you need to not falling asleep for four hours on the first afternoon like i may have done a few times <laughs> an accidental four hour now yeah exactly um i was good this time though actually i i behaved myself and stuck to half you know and little nap at some point because sometimes you just can't keep awake i know some people use caffeine to try and help themselves stay awake i don't I don't drink coffee or anything, so I don't have that option. Oscar, mate, Oscar, you're Australian. The Australians are supposed to love coffee. Well, I've heard raving reviews from everyone that went to Melbourne on the weekend, but I'll just take their word for it. I know the hot chocolates are good. That that's that's my hot drink of choice. So little side fact for you, but try and not fall asleep, basically. So Oscar doesn't drink coffee, and his favourite drink of choice is a hot chocolate, and that, ladies and gentlemen was the McLaren News. Oscar, would you like to sing the jingle out or are you going to pass on that opportunity? I will let you have your glory on that, Christian. Oh, fine, (laughs) fine, fine. Okay, by the end of the season, I'd like a driver to sing McLaren News, even if it's not a McLaren driver. It's not going to happen. No, it probably isn't. Don't hold your breath. Are you going to do it? No, he's not going to do it. No, I'm saying to you. Oh, oh, do do you want me to do an out jingle as well? Okay, fine, right. McLaren News with Oscar Piastri. There we go. Um, Oscar, what's your plan for the next, what is it, three weeks? What are you doing? So, at the time of recording this, it's my birthday tomorrow. Oh, oh. happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, so, I'm turning 22. Oh, bloody hell. Those were the good old days, weren't they? 22. 
Betty. What are you going to do? I, I have no idea yet. I haven't got that far ahead. Sleep, <laughs> definitely. Just chill out and relax, probably. I'll see if my grandma's left me any more rumbles in my suitcase somewhere. Oh, fingers crossed. And then for the rest, I'm doing a little training camp for a few days. Go to the factory at McLaren, work on the sim, um, try and make us quicker for the next next race. So no holiday for you then, because I know some of the drivers are, going, are fitting in a cheeky holiday. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going on a training camp, which is not really a holiday, but I'm... No, it bloody isn't. That's not a holiday. <laughs> no. Semi-holiday, if you want to call it that. Maybe. Yeah. It's still still work in some ways, but different kind. So I'll, uh, I'll take it. What does a training camp involve? What do you do on a training camp? Train, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, a bit of everything, really. Like, once the F1 season starts, it's, like, quite difficult to keep a normal training routine. Some running, most likely. Um, some strength training. Keep my neck uh, strong, hopefully. That'll be about all. Well, Oscar, uh, it has been fantastic having you on The Fast and the Curious. We'll, we'll be back next week with another episode. And our guest host next week, Oscar, is George Russell. Are you aware of him and his work? Yes, I am aware of George Russell, yes. <laughs> any any messages you'd like us to pass on to him? You might be able to ask him about the first time he met me. I don't know if he'd, he'd say it on, on camera, but ah. slightly left field. Uh, introduction okay say no more than that we will pick up that with george russell next week i'm very intrigued by that he's making his second appearance on the podcast and we can ask him about the left field time you two first met i'm very much looking forward to that i am so intrigued well for that and more join us next week you can get in touch and ask us questions on all the usual ways on social media and on our email address oscar thank you very much for joining us on the fast and the curious Oscar, I've got a question just very, very quickly. Yes. Well, thanks for thanks for balding up my ending there, Betty. Cheers. Well, you, you don't let me get a word in edgeways, Christian. <laughs> Oscar, do you want Christian to sing you out happy birthday as a little closing segment of the podcast? I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> and that's because you can have too much of a good thing, isn't it, Oscar, really? That's why you've said no there. Of course, yes. <laughs> Right, me, Betty and Greg will be back next week. Oscar, we will check in with you again uh, in a couple of months' time. Does that sound good? That does sound good. Oscar, thank you. See you soon. Oscar, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me.